Thank you for downloading this podcast. The A to Z of Human Performance consists of 25 live shows that were broadcast in January 2021. The book, The A to Z of Human Performance, written by John Osirkham, Emma Wiggs and Steve Eaton, contains a lot of the topics you'll hear in the coming episodes and it's now out so you can get your copy at the Amazon Kindle store. Without further ado, here's the podcast. Listening to the A to Z of Human Performance live show weekdays at 13:30 GMT with Chris Lisman and resident expert John Sercom. Please enjoy responsibly. So there we go. Welcome to motivation and mood music. Another episode of the A to Z of Human Performance. Welcome to the show. I'm joined by our expert Jonna again. How are you doing, Jonna? You motivated. I am resident and I'm ready to go. Great. That's, that's all we need. Looking forward um, to this. Yeah, I am too. We've got a few people joining us live, that's, which is great. Welcome to the show. Uh, if you've missed any shows, they're all on our website, interactiveworkshops.com. Uh, but today our focus is motivation, which, John, at the moment has been a little bit hard to come by due to some unforeseen circumstances. That may be your challenge, Chris. I have other challenges which is that if you're locked in a household with demotivated people and you come across too motivated, you can actually upset everybody. <laughs> so I have to try and make sure I'm not, I don't keep telling people I'm enjoying myself too much. <laughs> yeah, of course. Don't, let's start with what exactly is motivation? Well, I like this quote from Irving Walsh in Train Spotting. By definition, you have to live until you die. Better to make that life as complete and enjoyable an experience as possible in case death is shite, which I very much suspect it will be. I mean, Let's think about the opportunities we have in this earth. We're here for a, a, num- a, a, pr- a limited number of years. And um, yeah, the question is, I guess, whether we want to make the most of it. And if we do, then we will need our motivation. Baumeister, top psychologist, basically simplifies the whole thing down to one thing, want. What, what do you actually want? And, um, you know, motivation is key to high performance. That does not mean all high performers are motivated, uh, for example. So, um, you know, you can be a top performer and not be motivated. You can still be very, very good at what you do. But um, high performance is certain, high, motivation is certainly one of the integral parts of high performance overall. Uh, and so that, there's that, there's want, you know, there's, there's something that you want. There's perhaps cognition, there's also you know, thoughts, and then there's also emotion, you know, what you actually feel. Okay. And uh, how is, our motivation influenced what what kind of things are feeding into it yeah i mean you could look at your life story i think that's probably the start point and think about the narrative that you imagine for yourself over the course of your lifetime i think this is a good i think a lot of our motivation comes from our expectations and we've talked about those before you know they're somehow subjective but um our expectations let's just say, for example, salary, our expectations of salary might provide 
a motivation for us if we feel we are earning more than we ever expected we might be motivated and surprised by that if we feel we are earning significantly less than we're worth then we might be demotivated uh, but there's something about our life narrative uh, go into the world of sport imagine you're playing in league one but you believe you're a championship player you could see easy see that there's you could perhaps be demotivated but if you're playing in league one and you you know you're a comp, you're an even lower level player you could see that as the pinnacle of what you could achieve so the, the actual objective situations we find ourselves in um you know we're all all human beings are created equal on one level aren't they but so a lot i think a lot of our motivation comes from our expectations of our life and our life narrative and um that's so that's that's part of where that motivation comes from and then some people just have these inner drivers that for no reason make them want to do things yeah okay so we've got different uh, different factors coming in our environment the the league that we might play in might be a factor based on our expectations and expectations as you say will be, play a big part of it um what what are the different types of motivation that we might come across we talk normally about intrinsic and extrinsic motivation and those are kind of two one is the motivation that comes from within you know inner stimulus and the other is one that comes from without so uh coming back to pay we actually should be very specific it, many people's intrinsic motivation is to get a pay rise and of course that's an inner motivation and when you get that pay rise actually the, the motivation is taken away so, so uh, the motivation to get a pay rise is very different from the feelings of whether you're what you're getting paid is um most motivating to you yeah, yeah. what yeah. you expect so it's very, very subtle and very interesting. And again, there's a lot of research on Premier League footballers, but those that make big money signings and, you know, make big club club moves, actually when they've made that move, let's say they get to Manchester United or they get to Barcelona, uh, instantly their motivation start, disappears somehow and they wake up feeling like the pressure instead. Because when they were playing at a lower level, they had the motivation to get there. And once they've got there, it's kind of gone. So, you know, you see this early again, senior leaders moving into high positions in organisations, They've powered through their early phase of their career ambitiously and motivated to progress. And once they reach a certain goal um, that's set in their own minds, then that disappears. And then they've got to search for other motivations. Yeah, so you, you do see it in sport, don't you? Yeah, you get that big big deal, big contract. And then the, the playing, uh, the, the performance when you're playing drops. And um, and yeah, in business as well, big big position. Perhaps yeah, you get to a position you've wanted for for decades yeah. and then the performance peak uh, drops off yeah so you can get into that role though the challenge to get there you maybe got a year to prove yourself and then suddenly it's like all oh, right you know, what now um and i think for all of us it's very difficult when our motivation drops off and i'm re i really love this uh, quote from david cameron former uk pm when he was talking about his faith and he was obviously politicians of faith they've got to be very careful what they say but he he was saying that you know they asked him what about his faith and he said well it comes and goes like a radio station signal in the Cotswolds, uh, i.e., you know, sometimes it's intermittent. I think motivation is really like that, that um, we try and label people as motivated or unmotivated, but for all of us, our motivation comes and goes. And um, we're motivated by different things in different ways. And even something that motivates us for a long time can then lose its motivational power as well. Yeah, yeah and it's making me think of when uh, when Ben Nevis and... Um, the, the journey to the top, that's that's exciting. That's, you know, to get to the top of Ben Nevis would be such an achievement. But then when you get to the top, 
it's it's incredible but then you've got to come back down and that coming back down is so different to going up because you've already <laughs> got to the top you've done what you wanted to do now you just yeah. want to be home you could yeah. just come home if you if you could but well i've i've spent a lot of time studying the people that climb high mountains yeah and um ed vistas wrote a, some brilliant books he's one of the world's best greatest climbers that what you've what you've described there on everest they call summit fever which is the desire and motivation to get to the top is extremely high and will cause us to take risks even life-threatening risks to do it but as he pointed out getting to the top is optional getting down is mandatory hmm. and um the, the death rates of people coming down these mountains m many many more people die on the way down partly because their motivation to achieve Right. Yeah, they pushed on they pushed through difficulty they feel they've got there yeah. and that real motivation to succeed is there and then on the way down they're just like i've got to get back to camp i've got to get back to camp i'm tired i'm exhausted i'm alone mm -hmm. i'm cold i've been climbing all day mm -hmm. maybe they used up reserves on the way up that they should have saved on the way down and actually coming back to outcome goals they probably had an outcome goal to get to the top yeah and um that isn't the right goal for climbing high mountains the goal right goal for high, climbing high mountains is as Ed Visser says, to get back down, which is, which is mandatory. Hmm. Uh, so, you know, there's, uh, there's, there's a deep need to understand the difference between what's healthy for us in motivation and what isn't. And again, you could, you could talk, look at things like the dieting industry or things. It's easy to get an eating disorder. If you've got the wrong goal of health, yep. it's easy to you know make mistakes with money. If you've got the wrong goal of becoming rich quick, yeah. uh, you know, and this, it's easy to make a lot of mistakes in business if you let your ego run the show. So we've got to get the right goal. We've got to have the right process in place. And we're thinking about climbing a mountain. We could widen it and just think about reasons for exercise. And I know you like playing a game on the show. Yeah, that's a little uh, so, game. Anyway. So perhaps we can go back and forth, uh, coming up with a reason that you might exercise. Yeah. So why people? Why do people exercise? I mean, why do people do it? Fun and enjoyment. Yeah, that could be one. So uh, yeah, some people, that's just like children running around. They want to yeah. run and jump. There's uh, a game I used to play with my running buddies, fartlek training, uh, which is where one of you, you, you basically run around and then one of you diverts and the other has to chase them. Wherever they go, you have to follow. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, someone else takes over when they're exhausted and you've got to try and follow them. It's a form of interval training, but the motivation for it is just sheer childlike intrinsic joy. Yeah. Uh, why else do people exercise? Uh, for the sense of challenge that's that's a big one for me i like the strava app i like the, my personal bests and yeah. i like just getting my head down and getting that best time yeah so th there's a different motivation actually you want to get in the flow you want to have a performance zone you want to get in the zone challenge yourself shut out everything else optimize and go yeah uh What's another i one? guess some people motivate exercise for external regulation i.e they're made to do it so you know, their coach gives them a program and that's what they've got to do right uh, so yeah. there's another one what else what else why else do people exercise could be a goal so rather than just um couch just to going 5K. for a challenge you've actually got yeah your couch 5k couch you want to run 10k i did that over the lock lockdown yeah. yeah i mean if you said to some people they said i want to um run 5k and you said well it's fun yeah that would be the intrinsic motivation of childlike joy yeah but for them they actually they need a goal they want to run a certain distance or time couch to 5k very very popular and very motivating yeah. because it uses the word couch to people that like sitting on their couch <laughs> yeah is that wrong uh it's report building it's very I don't, important i don't think you have to start on the couch i, I think always you start, start i thought you had anywhere. to get your running gear on sit on the couch and then no, go. I, I don't think you have to do that every time but it is this is perhaps on communication but it, it is very rapport building it is this is very and it's a process couch to 5k 
Very, very clever. Great That's branding right. is a process. Very motivating. Yeah. Uh, why else do people exercise? Health benefits. So yeah. like they, they have it as a value, you know. Some people can, are motivated. They've got a set of values they're trying to live out. Maybe, again, like they're, they're bringing that value to life. Why else? Um, just because of a sense of excellence, a sense of setting a standard for yourself that you yeah. should so exercise. They have a benchmark standard and they want to do it. Uh, again, famously, Ron Hill. I don't know if you ever wore a pair of Ron Hills. Very, very tight, lightweight mounted shorts, Ron Hill. He, he was a very famous mountain runner and ran a mile every day for his whole life from the ages of about, I don't know, 30 to about 75 or 80, including the day after he broke his leg. So he, he went on a streak, actually. Right. But in his mind, he was going to run a mile every day for the rest of his life. And he went on a street a street to do that. Again, different kind of motivation, consistency, uh, perhaps related to a value as well, uh, to the point where even after he broke his leg, he ran a mile that That's day. That's absolutely incredible. Yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? It's good. Give me another one. Give me another one. Uh, I think some people want to, um, like, uh, they're motivated by inspiration of themselves, what be, defining what's possible, um, yep. inspiring others. Some parents might be out there jogging to show their kids it's a good way to go. Okay. What else? Give us another reason why people exercise, Chris. Uh, to improve their mood. So yeah. especially at the moment, I'm, I'm trying to get out of the house to run just to, for a bit of a mood boost. I meant to uh, ask you. The hormones. In the diary? Is it in the diary? It's not in the diary. I never put it in the is diary. Is it in the mental diary? Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it is in the mental diary. Is it? Yeah. You didn't say that committed, Chris. I mean, it, <laughs> it's a possibility. It's, it's, in, the it's in the mental diary. diary in that I feel like I should go almost every other day. Yeah, yeah. But I haven't nailed that day. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very good for for the mood. Um, exactly, and we'll come on to that in a little bit in a minute. Uh, I like this one. But other people do things to alleviate guilt, and mm. some people might go and do running for that reason as well. And we talk about running, but it could be anything. It just shows there's so many different types of motivation. But imagine if you know you eat a Mars bar and you think I better go for a run. Mm. Uh, yeah, Boxing Day. Yeah. Then what happens to your house on Christmas Boxing Day? Christmas Boxing Day, I have to go for runs or something because I know I'm going to do something naughty. The motivation builds as the, the more I eat. Enormous amounts of food. Yeah. Yeah, okay. What about, so you've spoken about mood, also you relieve stress and anxiety. What about yeah. social? So spend time with friends. Yeah. In, in the cycling world, it's very big. It's a very social activity and I realised the power of motivation. I go out at um, seven o'clock every weekend, either Saturday or Sunday, Rain, shine, snow, cold, and go out for three or four hour cycle ride. And ultimately, the real motivation is social. So do yeah. my mates and what we go together. So, yeah. so many different types of motivation. High performers, I guess, are plugging into all of those. And um, yeah, I think what's, in, what's helpful is to realize if we can plug into as many different motivators as possible and align them, mm. our motivation gets bigger and bigger and bigger. But also we have leaks in motivation, don't we? And something really, something's really take away our motivation. If we can plug those gaps uh, and um, make those changes and close those motivational gaps, then we're not losing motivation either. Uh, and um, I had an example of that this week at work in trying to achieve high performance. I, have, I wanted to delegate not just some task, but some responsibility in order that I didn't have to think about them anymore. And that was becoming a motivational drain on me thinking I've got, I've got too much responsibility for this on my plate. I need to delegate that. Once that's done, I've got a massive boost of creativity and motivation because I know that those things are now sitting with other people. 
So yeah, plugging leaks is also really valuable for how we how we're motivated. So we've got to plug got, that. What's your motivational leaks at the moment, Chris? What's what's annoying one you? Of, one of my leaks, yeah. So, so we've got a difficult a... boss and then it's a <laughs> radio show every day. Um I mean, for, for most people at the moment, it's just the fact you can't really get out other than that little bit of exercise that you can do. So the lack of social. Um, yeah, social. I think I'm massively motivated by by social. We just mentioned it there. But um, the relationships that you can build through work or exercise or you, things you do in the community, yeah. they're massive. Yeah, um, yeah. You're, so you're a community, social, connected guy, and that, that motivates you on lots of different levels. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you are in our one outdoor running partner, Chris. Who's your? You are, yeah. Who's yours? I, I don't have one. Chris, homework for tonight. Yeah, yeah. That will help. Need to run, buddy. Stay two meters. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely. Um, now, I was just going to ask, John, do you think there are different types of motivation that we are, are our go-to and that perhaps appeal to us more and we can t- use that to our advantage? I think for for many of us, we, we've got a good understanding of what motivates us, yes. And I think we go to those I think that with the help of a motivational coach or a performance expert, you can actually align many, many more motivations, plug leaps, and set out a performance pathway that is um, very, very satisfying for you. So I do think that um, for your average person, their, their understanding of motivation is pretty limited. Like if you talk to a manager in an organization, say, how do you motivate a team? They'll just say things like, have an inspirational vision, um, you know, have rewards in place, have, you know, uh, recognition programs they'll reach for some very very simplistic um, very powerful still but simplistic um, tools uh, I like, coming back to this what we said at the start if you're a top leader and manager that you should understand that your biggest motivational tool is story to have mm-hmm. a narrative that can other people can use their imaginations to buy into and ha- what where they might go and what they might do over a number of years if you can get that narrative right um, it's supremely motivating and um you know, that's a lot of employee engagement is about creating the organizational story. But that that story can last many, many more times and setbacks than a pay rise or a bonus or any other things that go with it. Yeah, so we've got to manage our own sense of narrative, where yeah. we're going, where we've come from. Yeah. Life and narrative. It, let that motivate us. Yeah, people talk about purpose, don't they? But I just think, you know, we, we do want a purpose, but our life narrative is so critical. Mm. And they, why do people get depressed? Why do people get down? Why do they feel low? Um, for for many reasons, but one of them is that their life narrative is uh, not where they would like it to be, and they can't they lose hope. They can't see how they get it back on track. Mm. So yeah, a lot of therapists and a lot of uh, people also working to help others get back to a good life narrative. Yeah, and at the moment, motivation generally for people is is low. They're finding it difficult. We're in lockdown, especially here in the UK. Uh, it's grey. It's winter. Motivation is generally low. What what can we do? Should we concerned by that should we be trying to boost that well i just just to clarify i'd say that on average motivation is that motivation is low yeah i think you will see there's very specific subsets of people so i think on average most people are not able to control or choose their motivation all the time yeah there are a subset of people and high performers will be amongst them who have has suffered very limited drop-off in motivation during this time because they do not let external factors um impact how they respond if you remember back to our choosing you know they're, they're able mm. to choose their mood and we, we use the term mood music in the in the uh, the book but some people are able to turn on a mental tune or even external tune 
And despite all, seemingly all setbacks, all evidence to the contrary, all boundaries, all restrictions, uh, people suffered set, who suffer setbacks, uh, some people are able to choose their response. My, Steph was showing me a brilliant clip from Twitter of someone who'd lost a load of money in business and was driving his van saying, in a very cockney way, like, yeah, we push on, you know, I don't care. Like, I've wasted a whole year's effort, but I'm going to go on. Like, this is where we're going to go. So, you know, it's doesn't, it's not, it doesn't take any intellectual sophistication. It's, it is purely the habit of choosing how you show up. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, but I think you, know, you could ask also what's going on in the physiology right now. And um, when it comes to physiology, we're, we're, that's where we're facing a lot of challenges in, in the lockdown coronavirus times. Um, it affects, there's, there's basically uh, five systems in our body that can create this kind of motivation. One is our hormonal activity, chemicals in our saliva or blood, cortisol, you know, th those kind of things. Uh, those things are being impacted by our, our behaviour of staying at home uh, and maybe we're eating too much or the wrong stuff or we're stressed. We've then got cardiovascular activity, um, you know, I don't know when you meet someone that you fancy, but your you know, heart and lungs might, your heart might heart rate might go up. Did you ever have a beating heart, Chris? Yeah, of course. And now you're married to her. It's lovely. Uh, but you know, there's there's uh, movement as well, which brings this kind of cardiovascular activity. So this is another kind of phys physiological stimulus. Then we've got eye behaviour. Uh, you know what we're taking in. We're currently kind of sat staring at the same four walls all day, same mm. people. There's not that much visual stimulation. So like one thing that is good to do is escapism. Like I'm watching films in the evening and imagining myself in different places. I'm going out for my walk and really trying to take in all the details around me, uh, stimulating the eyes. That that has an effect on like you know our cognitive state, our, our reflective thought. We've got our, our skin electrodermal activity. That's another thing. Uh, when we meet other people, you're saying social. When we meet other people and they pat you on the back, give you yeah. a hug, shake your hand, um, you know, our... Our physiology is being stimulated by external events, and um, you know there's loads of studies on uh, skin conductivity. But you know when we're stressed as well, that, that changes. And then there's our our, our skeletal activity. Um, you know our muscles, our facial expressions, our emotions. Again, we talked about sense of smell, but uh, your your mirror neurons within your brain react to other people's faces. If I smile, it's hard for you not to smile. Yeah. Uh, when we're in a social situation, we're getting this all this stimulus. So if someone motivated turns up into your social system and says, oh, hey, guys, I saw a brilliant film last night. It was really great. I had a great meal out. I saw my family. And, you know, their tone of voice and all their positivity is spilling over to in our, in, in our motivation. So, yeah, when we're, when we're um, locked into this kind of current situation, there's a lot of motivational cues that are missing. And um, it, it means we, don't, we have to work a little bit harder, I think, to be to be motivated but that is a good this could be a good training ground for life to think about how we stay motivated in challenging conditions yeah so those are some of the psychophysiological expressions that we're perhaps mm. missing because we're not mm. able to leave the house and maybe that means it's actually a little bit fair that we are less motivated that's gonna that's gonna be natural yeah, part of yeah i mean our hormonal makeup. system I'm, I'm seeing you i see your beautiful face i hear everything you say uh but i can't smell you we can't i can't uh, hug you. We can't actually make eye contact. Yeah, we can't actually make. I can look at your contact. eyes. You can look at mine. You, you would be able to see if we were together and we were having a great time. Though you might not realise it, my eye pupils will be expanding slightly, and that would make yours expand slightly, and that would make mine expand slightly. That make me smile. That make you smile. So 
you know, yeah. there's there's a lot of stimulation that we get from being around other people. And, you know, one of the t- tips of motivation, hang out with other brilliantly motivated people. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what, what Emma does with her team as well when she's training for an event. It's not just competitors, but she's hanging out with other people who are massively motivated as well. Yeah, I'm interested what you think on a cultural level because I think there's a bit of a paradox. So should should you allow a place for people to be demotivated because that's empathetic and deep and good and allows people mm-hmm. to be authentic or should you expect people to show up motivated I, i'm still can't work that one out that is that is interesting i think it comes back to your your goals and your beliefs if if you're trying to achieve something and that involves being motivated and showing up and being motivated uh then and and if motivation dropping would mean you wouldn't achieve it then it puts the goal at risk. And I think that would that would obviously be a negative. Let's say you're a premiership manager. Okay. You've got 20 players arriving for training. Yeah. Are they allowed to arrive demotivated? I think you'd be hoping that if they did, it would it would come out in a way that was constructive. So perhaps they take you to the side and just say, look, for this reason or or for a reason I don't understand. I'm not feeling motivated and just wanted you to know that I think would be okay. If it was that they just didn't bother putting in any effort in the session, didn't say anything, yeah. went home without talking about it. So the cognitive that, part, the kind of cognitive framing of it's really important, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I think it's totally understandable. If someone arrives to, you know, over time, our motivations change. It might be that you're yeah. motivated uh, at the start of a job or over time it disappears. But yeah, I think, I think it's interesting kind of, to try and create a high performance environment, you need people to own their own motivation as much as they yeah. can and to show up and to, to bring their best. Again, yeah, it'd be yeah. interesting on a customer service environment, you know, go to the Apple store uh, and mooch around. There's a lot of intrinsically motivated people that want to be there. They want, they like knowing about Apple stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very different from a customer service environment where, let's say, I don't know, a big hotel where every receptionist has a great smile on their face, but you know, for some of them, it's not necessarily real. No. So it comes back to culture. We discussed that yeah. before. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of habituators, what can we do to, to boost our motivation, to work on our motivation, or to think through the different types of motivation that we might be able to tap into? Well, we talked about plugging leaks. I think that's key. Uh, think about who we surround ourselves with, especially if you could interview somebody. This is one of the habituators, but try and really understand more deeply what motivates the people you know that are motivated. I think you could go through, I mean, we, we've we've got a long list of motivators in our little skit about running, but you could really try and think through, you know, what motivates you. You could um, read, I read biography a lot and I try and understand different motivators there. Uh, study flow psychology, you could, um, you know, practice setting an intention, you could do some goals work, you might need to do some escape, get away, think about what motivates you. And that can be macro or micro. Like I go try and go for a walk outside every day, think about why I'm here, think you know, taking some stimulus. Uh, so yeah, there's lo- there's loads of different things that we can do, uh, and maybe the, the the biggest one is to try to think uh, what success looks like for us, what a good life lived looks like for us, that expectation, and to try and put together a process that enables us to head towards motivating goals. Um, yeah, so. If you want to be a high performer, I guess that, that's some of the things that I'd be suggesting to do. 
what what are you what's what are your next step, Chris? You're already a motivated man. Anything there that sticks? I think it's um I think plugging leaks is is helpful and um noticing where that motivation is dropping. It's one thing to say we're we're just less motivated because we're stuck inside, but actually knowing where that's leaking out and what I'm perhaps missing that I would be getting yeah. if I was able to leave the house. Yeah. That that's a different question and requires me to self-manage. That, and that improve my motivation. That, that, but that introspection, unbiased introspection, is extremely powerful. And um, I guess that's what I'd want to do with the football players if they're turning up unmotivated. I can see you're not fully into this. I'd like to go away and think about what's going on there so that you can, we can work out together how you can be either exactly yeah. the decision, this is not for you. But the worst thing is if you've got people turning up, they don't know why and you don't know why. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can't get to the bottom of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's deep, isn't it? Um, yeah. Great. I, th- well, I know we're running out of time. I know we, we are can. running out of time. That's been a really helpful session, and uh, I hope it's been helpful for our listeners. Yeah, Join us good. tomorrow. We're back again, 13.30 GMT. Thank you for joining me, Jonna. Every day this week. And we might, we've just discussed this morning, we might have a few bonus shows, might we? Because we are only going to do we might. We might carry on in February. But we maybe do more. Cool. Have a great rest of the day. And you, Jonna. See you tomorrow. Don't forget, the A to Z of human performance is now available on Amazon Kindle Store. Get your copy now.